You don't throw anything and it's uh, funny because when I moved to India and I married my husband, even my Indian mother-in-law was telling me always we don't waste nothing. Hello everyone, Yasas, and welcome back to Circe Health Pod. Today we have some exciting topics, exciting info and an exciting special guest. And today, if maybe you guessed from my introduction, we are coming to you from beautiful Naxos Island in the Greek Isles. And uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, I just want to remind you that our goal in these podcasts is to educate you and empower you so that you can prevent and or bid farewell to chronic health issues permanently. So today we are offering you a glimpse into the Mediterranean lifestyle. Um, we are coming to you from, as I mentioned, the Greek islands, which are very close to one of the blue zones of the world, which I feel like we've talked about before and we'll talk about again. But the healthiest parts of the world where people live well into their 80s and 90s. Um, and today we have a very special guest, one of our very best friends, and really she's like family to us, Miss um, Kiki Petriti. And I'll give a brief introduction. You can go yeah. ahead and uh, correct me or make it more exciting. So uh, Kiki grew up in Greece, and she started working as a journalist um, for 15 years, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And then one day she decided, probably not just one day, but I'm making it more exciting this way. <laughs> she decided to follow her passion and her future husband and landed in Bangalore, India, where she is now the chef and creator of Marzipan Bakery, a series of amazing cafes, bakeries in Bangalore. If you've ever been there, I'm sure you've heard of it. And if you've been lucky enough to have her food like we have, then you get a gold star. Um, so Kiki, because she grew up in Greece, knows so much about this Mediterranean lifestyle and the food and everything surrounding the food and why people are so healthy and happy here, which we've definitely noticed over the last couple of days being here. So. Without further ado, Kiki, hi, welcome. Hi, thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, so, uh, to, con to continue from what you started saying, uh, Mediterranean diet is very famous around the world. Uh, it's not only about Greece, it's Italy, it's Spain, it's like a lot of countries that they're around here. Uh, it's not exactly vegan food, but right. it's a food that is based in uh, vegetables, fruits, uh, leg legumes, uh, all this kind of thing. It's, it's a diet uh, very in high fiber. Till mm -hmm. um, the 50s, 60s, people, I think, they were following it very strictly because they didn't have the money to eat something different. Right. After that, they start becoming a little bit more uh, traveling, mm -hmm. adding a different lifestyle. But around 2010, when the economical crisis hit again Greece, I think people, they went back to cuisina povera. Cuisina povera means the, the poor kitchen. When you eat to sustain yourself with seasonal vegetables, seasonal fruits, you don't throw anything, you have to reuse something that you didn't eat, all these kind of things. And I think they, uh, they make them more healthy. Yes, absolutely. So that's your buzzword, one of your buzzwords for today, cucina povera, yep. which means again? It's, made, it's Italian uh, phrase that means the poor kitchen. It started okay. from uh, the villagers in uh, Italian villages that again they didn't have uh, a lot of money and a lot of sources to 
buy things. So they had to make food and put it on the table and feed their families during the first and second uh, world war with whatever they had. Yeah. That basically it's olive oil, seasonal vegetables, uh, fruits, uh, uh, lentils, uh, uh, beans, things like this and bread. All of the things that we at Circe Health recommend all the time. And I think this is a theme that we've talked about before in other podcasts, going back to your roots or going back to the food of the, the quote unquote poor people is really the healthiest food. The food that your grandparents and your great grandparents ate is in general much healthier than what we, we eat today. So definitely following that theme. Yeah. So, um, so to starting with the Cucina Povera and moving on, how would you say Mediterraneans, people in Greece, Italy, and along the Mediterranean Sea, how do you guys live off the land, quote-unquote? So, uh, right now, okay, you can buy vegetables from the stores, but again, uh, people are producing, they have small gardens, and I think a lot of people, they are doing it again now to have vegetables without uh, chemicals and yeah, to be more healthy, organic. So, uh, we follow the seasonal vegetables, like tomato, it's a summer vegetable. You'll not mm -hmm. see a lot of people to eat fresh tomatoes during winter. Yeah. Because most probably it will come from some, uh, you know, it will not be uh, a greenhouse. Or a something. greenhouse. So people prefer to eat seasonal. So you'll eat uh, cabbage for winter. Mm -hmm. During summer, you have uh, so many vegetables. You have eggplants that is like a, a very, very, very famous uh, vegetable. Yeah that we use in Mediterranean diet. Uh, you'll have your zucchini, mm -hmm. you'll have your peppers, your tomatoes. So mostly you'll use all this. So it's very important in Mediterranean countries to prepare yourself for winter. Right. That is more harsh and you'll not find fresh products often. So you can see a lot of housewives that they will make, uh, they will freeze vegetables, they will mm -hmm. can them so they can have uh, for winter. Uh, but, but again, it's seasonal, even fruits and vegetables. And I think this is the best way to eat it. Oh, I agree. And we've been so lucky to be able to sample the glorious summer vegetables uh, today. I think we had basically everything you mentioned at lunch today. Tomatoes, peppers, zucchini. Uh, we had bindi okra the other day, which is amazing. Um, eggplant, of course. Eggplant, yeah. I would eat it every meal if I could. But everything was so fresh and we all were discussing how fresh and how flavorful everything is here because you're right, it just comes from sometimes the garden in the back of the hotel. Uh, and that really should be the way because you need to taste your yeah. vegetable, not just some something that looks beautiful but actually tastes beautiful. And a lot of times they're ugly, right? But they still taste good. I think the ugly vegetables are the most good vegetables to eat, even the fruits. Yep. I will be very suspicious if I've seen same size, same color yeah. vegetables somewhere. I wouldn't pick it up for <laughs> myself to cook it for my family. So farm it's this. Ugly vegetables, but they're very tasty. Agree. Moving on from the ugly vegetables, um, we've noticed, I guess, moving on on the theme of what we've been eating while we've been here, we've been noticing that there's so many dishes on menus that seem to be plant-based or vegan without any modifications, which is great for us because a lot of times while traveling, you have to really um, sacrifice your, your plant-based lifestyle, but we haven't really had to do that here. So tell us more about that, your, your um, naturally plant-based food. Yeah. So as we said, uh, 
people in the Mediterranean countries, they were not rich uh, people. Mm. They had to uh, maintain themselves with whatever their land produced. That means they had to have vegetables, fruits, uh, olive oil. You'll not see in the Mediterranean countries people to use butter. Butter came much later. Yeah. It's olive oil, this. So, so, and fish. That you can say, okay, it's not vegan, but uh, in the islands they will eat fish. But meat, it was maybe one time per week if you were rich and you can afford it. So, uh, I think uh, all the recipes you can see, they're based in vegetables. Even with when you use fish or meat, again, they add vegetables. So, people, they will have, you know... They're still having vegetables. They are still having vegetables. Yeah. But uh, good quality vegetables, uh, olive oil, uh, wine, because always we'll have some red wine or white wine with the food. It's, I think, the staples of our diet. Yeah, we've been loving the olive oil so much um, and the olives themselves. So you were mentioning about olive oil, just reminding our listeners that of all the oils you can have, we believe that and science and research has proven that extra virgin olive oil or olive oil is the one of the healthiest fats you can consume. Um, it, it builds your brain, it builds your heart, um, it makes your skin look good, your hair look good, nails... Good fats, helps your good cholesterol, protects your heart. I think I said that twice, but it really does. Yeah. Um, so in that theme of the things that you, the Mediterranean people eat every day that is inherently healthy besides olive oil, you mentioned having red wine with every meal. Yeah, but as you see, sorry, here, the wine glasses that we use. They're so cute and they're tiny. They're so tiny. Yes. Like, like a shot glass yes. size. Yeah. So, so everyone shares. I think that's part of, I, we'll talk about this later, yeah. but that's part of why people are so happy and live so long here is the sense of community and family and everything too. We'll get back to that later. Yeah. But yeah, so the red wine, fr fresh from the beautiful um, grapevines that we've seen here, again, usually in the backyard of the restaurant or the, the family that you're eating with. Um, also another thing, so of course we don't promote dairy so much, um, but if you're going to have it, just like you mentioned having things in small portions here, if there's cheese, it's feta cheese, which is coming from goats. So it's a smaller animal, less growth hormones. Um, they're roaming freely. They're not in factory farms, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just a small amount. So beautiful salads, beautiful vegetable dishes with just a smattering of feta cheese on top to enhance the flavor. Um, so yeah, I mean, goats, goat's milk cheese is really, there's no other types of cheese here, right? It's just goat's milk for the most part. Uh, mostly it's goat, uh, goat milk that is yeah. used for the cheese. And some areas they may use cow milk, but uh, it's something totally different. Uh, in Greece, goat milk, it's the king when you go for uh, cheese. For cheese. Um, so speaking of red wine, you had told us, so yesterday we visited, a, was that yesterday? Yes, yesterday we visited a monastery on Naxos Island and you were telling us about it um, and about how the monks have red wine with every meal and what how their diet really follows the the general feel of what people in Greece and the Mediterranean eat and their lifestyle so can yeah. you enlighten our listeners? Yes please? of course so Greece it's an orthodox country we have a lot of monasteries especially in the northern part of Greece it's one whole area called Mount Athos that is full of monasteries. Unfortunately, women we can't visit. Uh. So, yes, as you say, in monasteries, they follow a way of uh, living that I think 
all of us we should follow they eat small portions vegetable based portions uh, they have the wine uh, they don't eat animal fats at all maybe a little fish here there but uh, they don't eat meat at all the whole year around wow. uh, if you go to a monastery especially in Mount Athos that men can uh, visit unfortunately women we can't visit there uh, they cook uh, a lot of food for the visitors oh. so they have uh, uh, monks that they are chefs and they have uh, wow. they have uh, put uh, cuisine up over as we said one step further so they, they have their own uh, vegetable gardens, they cook again uh, sustainable, seasonal fruits and vegetables and uh, it's quite easy to do it. Mm. It's, it's very cheap and yeah. very easy to cook the food. It just needs time and love. Yeah, I think that's really important when you mention sustainable and inexpensive. Um, if everyone around the world ate like the monks in the monasteries do, and like honestly, the people of the Mediterranean do. The world would be a lot better, uh, and you know there wouldn't be so much poverty. Prob there would not be so much poverty, so much pollution. Um, it would, you know, probably cause world peace. I'm thinking, but maybe I'm putting too much out there. But anyway, I, I think yes, this is a model that the rest of the world should follow, and things would be a lot better in general. Uh, you mentioned when we were also talking about the monks and uh, what they eat and everything you mentioned and this is not just the monks but everyone in Greece basically doesn't eat breakfast you said right so that's kind of the we don't eat breakfast pretty unusual right so tell yeah. us more about that so growing up I didn't eat breakfast most probably my mother will force me to have some goat milk fresh from the goat that I hated but we were <laughs> drinking it and later in life I had coffee uh, here we have mostly Greek coffee mm -hmm. Uh, without milk so uh, so it's it's not a very heavy coffee you drink it in a very very small portion yeah. just to kick off the day and we'll eat maybe after 10 11 o'clock this is the first uh, meal of the day some snack maybe some spinach pie mm -hmm. or something or um, I, I was telling you about this uh, bread called uh, kuluri yeah. that basically sesame uh, seeds bread very crunchy very small this was the breakfast it yeah. we don't eat uh, eggs we don't eat uh, a heavy big american breakfast with bacon eggs cheese nope. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have anything of this it's just uh, uh, coffee or milk for the kids and then around 10 11 o'clock some small thing Something to start small. the day so modified not modified a form of intermittent fasting, right, which we just talked about in a recent podcast. So black coffee without any milk or sugar, yeah. and that's nothing new or fancy. You've been doing that for probably thousands of years. So there's proof to that, that it's actually a way of life that can be sustained and people can be perfectly happy and healthy in that way. So, so I'm toasting everyone with my cup of black coffee now, and we'll move on to backtracking a little bit, talking about sustainability and the cucina povera, you were talking about not wasting. Mm. Um, so you were showing us, we were lucky enough to get a demo of your beautiful cooking and you made a dish with vegetables, rice, and uh, we put vegan feta, but even just a little bit of regular feta cheese would have been fine, lots of good olive oil. But when you made this dish, um, it was really interesting because you were, you took like a, a pepper, a shimla mirchi, or a tomato, or a zucchini, and you scraped out the seeds in the flesh and mixed it with um, 
with the rice and other spices and everything. So you did not waste a single part of that vegetable and it became a, a big part of the dish instead of throwing it away and, you know, in the trash. Yeah. So that is that a theme in Mediterranean? Yes, you don't throw anything. And it's uh, funny because when I moved to India and I married my husband, even my Indian mother-in-law was telling me always we don't waste nothing. So I think even in India, the cuisine of povera is there too, oh, like Mediterranean. Yeah. We don't throw anything. Uh, we try to feed our families with good food, but uh, pocket-friendly. Mm -hmm. And we are using everything and reusing. Anything else that you've seen similar between living in South India and, and in Greece? And like with food yeah. and community and everything? Uh, first of all, what I feel is very common between uh, Greeks and other Mediterranean uh, countries and uh, India is that we are very family oriented. Like we show our love for our people through cooking. We try yeah. to feed our people good food uh, and express our love with food. But again, you, sometimes you can't afford to feed them like royals, right? But the, the love you put and the good ingredients you use, they worth royal without the meat and the expensive butter and cream. So, Yeah, and oil, going back to oil, another similarity that we were just talking about just five minutes before we did this podcast, you were doing an oil massage on your daughter's hair and scalp yeah. with olive oil, where in India, most times it's with coconut oil. So two wonderful plant-based oils being used not just for cooking, but for massage and for bonding with your family. So another way that you've uh, bridged the Indian and Mediterranean communities. We noticed that today. Um, but yeah, we've noticed being here, how friendly and welcoming everyone is, how people love children here and are very tolerant of all of our, yes. <laughs> our antics from our kiddos. Um, so many similarities, so so welcoming. We already want to come back and uh, hopefully we've learned some things from our time in the Mediterranean. Yeah, so, um, okay, so moving a little bit away from the food, which I could talk about forever as per usual with me, um, we've also noticed just uh, the friendliness and the general um, I don't want to say, well, yeah, I, I will say carefree attitude, which I think is why people seem so happy or are so happy here. For example, we were driving, or sorry, we were returning our rental car the other day and we underestimated the amount of petrol that we needed. And when we returned it, the, the owner of the rental car place was like, eh, it's close enough. Don't worry about it. I cannot imagine that happening, at least in the U.S. where I grew up. That certainly would not have happened. And I think there's just less stress here. So people just let it roll off their back. So tell me more about that, Kiki, because you are you embody that so much. You yeah. are just so easygoing and wonderful. So I'm sure you, you got that from this area. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, another common thing with uh, India, too. In India, people are very friendly and they try to accommodate you mm -hmm. in everything. And you don't find it very easily in many countries yeah. in this world, right? Yeah. So even in Greece, it's like that. People are very carefree. And uh, imagine this happens to you after 10 years of very difficult economical crisis mm -hmm. in this country with many people losing their jobs, yeah. their living and suffering. But again, you don't live for the money. You make money so you can uh, live and mm -hmm. have a good life and with friends and uh, family and everything. So exactly. I think uh, one, Ikaria, as we were saying, it's one yeah. of the islands that are in the blue zones of UNESCO yeah. and people, they live 
more than 100 years old, very happy and healthy. Uh, I have visited this island in the past and people are very carefree. They don't stress out for anything. You go 11, 12 o'clock and they're drinking coffee uh, in the coffee shop, uh, just drinking and discussing and cracking jokes. Even one uh, example is that uh, in certain villages of this island, uh, the shops are open at night without anyone uh, being inside the shop. You just open the shop, pick up whatever you want, and you just leave whatever money you want wow. in a plate for the owner to find it in the morning. So it's exactly, I think, apart from food, your attitude in life, not to be stressed out from every small thing. Yeah, that's huge. Is the problem. You can eat healthy food, but if you're not healthy in all the other ways of yourself, you'll not be healthy in the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, an example, my mother always is telling me, and she's right, in this life, the only thing is to have two, three people to really love you and to love them back. Mm -hmm. If you have I this, you're rich. Yeah, you're right. And another thing we've noticed too in our travels here is going into all the beautiful churches and so many people that... Um, you know, in the Greek Orthodox religion is so big and so important here. And we know you also follow Greek Orthodox, but it's just so beautiful seeing these ancient churches that have been um, kept up so nicely and people are, everyone, even if they're not Greek Orthodox, are very respectful of the religion. And I think having, you know, being true to your religion or whatever, whatever spiritual person or greater power that you follow is so important for a happy and healthy lifestyle and so that's another another tick in the box for the mediterranean countries yeah and uh i think it helps you to become a little bit more spiritual and uh to be a better person in the end of the day and this i have seen it in india a lot too another common thing is in india religion a lot of people are fasting certain days yeah. of the week yes. this is uh, for us too every wednesday and friday even if you are not vegetarian that day you lead vegan Wow. Every Wednesday vegan, and Friday, vegan. vegan. Wow. You can eat egg and other things. Uh, and uh, we are fasting almost around 100 days per year during Easter, during other, uh, Christmas. And then you have to become vegan. You have to give away something. Yeah. This is very common with Indian uh, India too. A lot mm -hmm. of people are fasting around uh, the year. Yeah. So I think this is a lot of common in our religions too. So that's why the vegan cheese is so amazing here because you guys have been doing it for years and years and years. Yeah, imagine that the name they they given this uh, vegan cheese is blessed because oh. they feel, you know, it's blessed from the church and you can eat it during your fasting. Perfect. And I think it's blessed because it's delicious as well, um, which I don't say much about vegan cheese, but this in particular, I wish you guys could taste it or come visit Greece and experience the beauty and the community and the amazing food and of course the views which you can't see but we are enjoying right this very moment so kiki thank you so 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 much for joining us today um of course we've been with you for the past couple of days anyway but we're excited to share our mutual passions and we'll all be going back to india together in a couple of days yep. <laughs> and we'll be sharing more recipes and more stories and hopefully we'll have you back another time with more of your amazing knowledge of just the Mediterranean, the Mediterranean lifestyle in general, but of course your food and maybe someday we'll do some, uh, we'll share some recipes. Hopefully one day you'll get to go to Bangalore and visit Kiki's incredible cafe, Marzipan Cafe. Like I mentioned earlier, it's 
um, and Ulsur Road, right? Uh, one, 1MG Road. Yes, it's very close to 1MG in Ulsur Road. And uh, thank you for having me. Of course. I really appreciate what you are doing and how you try to make people be more healthy and to understand what is healthy living without being judgmental and try, you know, to force feed them your information. This is very important. I'm only judgmental about the vegan cheese. That's really <laughs> it. But we'd love to have you back and we're hoping... Uh, You've been, not we're hoping, you have inspired us uh, with a lot of the food that we've eaten of your own and then just in your beautiful country. So we've decided that we'll do some collaborations in the future with your, inspired by your amazing, your recipes and your family's recipes. So stay tuned for that and stay tuned for another exciting podcast coming up, probably inspired again by the beautiful scenery and lifestyle in the Mediterranean. See you guys next time. Or listen, uh, I'll, you'll hear me next time, not see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Thank Bye. you. <laughs> we really hope you enjoyed our conversation. Can you think about one thing or an idea that you can start to introduce into your own life that will help make your life healthier and less stressful? If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you can take a few seconds to share the podcast with your friends and families. Thank you so much for listening. And always remember, your health is literally in your own hands. Making lifestyle changes is not an easy task, but we promise you will be aptly rewarded with a long, healthy, and disease-free life.